Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Once again, I'm joined by my dear friend, Red Fox. What up, homie? What up, Miles? And what up, Night Squatch? Your boy, Red Fox, host and owner of the Night Living Podcast Network, where we talk about uh, all kinds of pop culture fun shit on Night Living Podcast. Uh, we got our player select video game series and we talk all that spooky shit over on the super slash bros podcast and we're big fans of disc dump and miles absolutely sometimes i don't even record it miles i just stand there and stare at him through his window while he i sleeps. can understand that yeah that's i well, ever since we watched moments. disturbia i mean i just i've had <laughs> nothing but inspiration and ideas and imagination's a weapon miles so <laughs> I blame you when I get listen when I go to jail for stalking you just know I'm like uh, guys Disturbia 2007 2006 that movie ring a bell to you to you coppers <laughs> they'd let you right out all you'd have to say is that and they'd be like oh we understand you're like oh I heard that awesome episode on the disc dump podcast wherever you get your podcast from I, I, <laughs> I completely understand that open and shut case Johnson let him out. <laughs> pretty much yeah yana he was a big fan of the movie disturbia <laughs> oh, um so today we're going to be talking about a very wonderful movie called tmnt from 2007 the belated sequel to uh ninja turtles 3 is that how the yep. one's titled yeah okay so yeah the turtles animated sequel <laughs> for turtles in time so, what was your life like when this movie entered your realm? Oh my god, so what my life was like was knowing that this was the golden age back when every video game had a movie adaptation and vice versa. Um, and I just remember that this game had, or this movie was coming out with an absolute banger of a game. I was obsessed with this movie when it came out. Um, it was at the time for me, I had only seen maybe a handful of like CGI based movies. Like, uh, if I remember correctly, this was around the same time Resident Evil, uh, Degenerations had came out, which is one of the first like CGI ish movies I seen that was all like a fucking video game cutscene, And that's what I thought this movie was when I was younger. Plus like, I mean, it's fucking awesome. But <laughs> the, I can't wait for us to talk into the actual movie. There, this is the most metal fucking movie ever. <laughs> it is. This movie's so fucking extreme nineties. Oh man, yeah, two thousand seven. It dragged us right into that. Like it brought us back to the our youths for sure. Yeah, the when I got this movie, I got like a multi pack of all the Ninja Turtle movies that had come out at that point. Plus, it came with masks and it came with. Um, water-based tattoos i literally yeah i literally just gave them to my girlfriend was like i'm probably never gonna want these and now we're doing this episode and i'm like shit i should have had them right here to show off but yep so i uh i've worn those masks on many many occasions and uh that's that's my story about how i found this movie i was way older than i should have been when i was watching it i was like 20 two or 23 when it this came out i was in I was theaters like, for this bad boy really oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh i seen this on night one. <laughs> Hell yeah yeah it's a fun the minute movie. i did the minute i saw in the trailers uh the night stalker or the night watcher 
Night Watcher, yes. The minute I seen that, I was like, all right, well, first of all, that's Raph. Second yes. of all, I've never wanted to go outside and jump inside of a metal fucking trash can and like just punch fucking holes through it. <laughs> like I wanted to be the night watcher, just like on my mongoose bike, just fucking <laughs> traveling around the streets of North Philly looking for crime. Like <laughs> no shortage of that there. <laughs> yeah, he's basically Ninja Turtle Batman in this movie, which is, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. What could I'm you more could you want? Yeah, I'm there for it. They pretty much took Metalhead from the series and the comics and was like, see, he's a good idea, but he's not Raph. So let's make him Raph and and throw in some spike chains, uh, a flail, and give him a motorcycle. Give him a motorcycle, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> was that yeah. even a question? Of course there's a motorcycle, Jerry. <laughs> take my money. Shut the fuck up and take my money. <laughs> What this movie had that I think the other ones lacked was the ability to really show off the Ninja Turtles the way they were supposed to be seen, like doing constant backflips and bringing out their weapons. And like Leo literally kills a guy like that shit was crazy. Yeah. And this movie is incredibly dark, too. Like we'll go through it, I'm sure. But like the scene between Leo and um, Raph when they're because that's always the underlining story with leonardo and raf is that raf wants to be the leader leo is the leader like the whole internal brother power struggle and i think this movie is probably one of the greatest representations of that like that's such a heartbreaking scene because like raf feels like like leo just abandoned them but in reality leo went off to be a better leader but it wasn't seen like that but he also understands why raf took it that way and then mm-hmm. he goes off on his own and he just goes in, you know, BDSM clubs and, you know, <laughs> he's, just tr- he's just trying to figure out what the shell is going on. <laughs> Donnie's got a tech support job and shit. Michelangelo's a party boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I love all of their like starting points in this movie. They all got day jobs. Yeah. <laughs> So um, a big part of this show is the fact that I'm watching a DVD. So I popped the DVD in for this bad boy. And of course, there are commercials on every DVD, something that uh, is lost in the times. Like, I'm sad that we're getting commercials again, but they weren't like DVD commercials. Um, The first commercial was DVD versus Blu-ray. It was like, why settle for this quality? when you could have this and it was the same quality like what were they thinking was going to change between dvd quality and dvd quality like, oh wait miles can i give you a a live on air on air commercial for this episode just to fit into this theme sure mm-hmm. why listen to all those other boring ass podcasts when you could be listening to the disc dump podcasts don't settle for less when Miles is throwing discs at you through the podcast sphere into your ears to decide whether he should keep it or yeet it. The yeet and delete podcast. <laughs> that would be another great name for this podcast. Oh the yeet God. and delete. <laughs> you know what? You could do a series with that where like you find a find. Oh my God, Miles, you could do a series where you go through instead of a movie, 
do a TV series that has a bunch of seasons and you yeet and delete the series. Yes. I'm in for that. I don't know if I've done any TV series on this show. I feel like I might have, but I don't know what it would have been. So, yes. Dexter. Aside from that out time, the fucking we did Gossip Girl. Oh, Dexter. Yeah. I, thought we were I talking mean, about Gossip X- Girl is fun. Don't talk oh, shit. I, no, I, oh, no. I lo- Listen, XOXO <laughs> Gossip Squirrel. I'm about that life. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's Gossip Girl, but the whole show, everyone's a squirrel and no one speaks English. They all speak squirrel. I mean, it sounds like a better show than Gossip Girl, if we're being honest. I mean, so. anything after season two is trash. Anyway, <laughs> enough about the Gossip um, Girls and on to the fucking Shell Boys. Well, hold on. There's a few more commercials on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got the TMNT video game, as you mentioned before. I always Actually, wanted that game. I never had it. It's so good, and it still holds up. Does it? Perfectly. It's so fucking good. Hell, yeah. So yeah, excited about that. Josh and Chris and I, when we hung out at uh, Fun Spot, the big arcade by Josh, we played a Ninja Turtles game that was like a sequel to that one on like a, an arcade box. And mm. man, that was a good fucking game. We played it for like 40 minutes before we were like, OK, this has enough of our money now. <laughs> but <laughs> we could have yeah, bought the cabinet. We could have. It was one of those cabinets that's got like the four people thing and it's all digital and mm. shit. Oh, it was so good. I fuck with that. Hell yeah. We also got a commercial for Ninja Turtles on skateboards as action figures. You'd wind them up and you'd stand them on their feet and they'd fall over and they'd zip forward like those cars that you would like pull backwards and let them go and they'd shoot forwards. But it was Ninja Turtles. So take my money. Take my money indeed. And then the last commercial. Or no, there's one more. Fred Claus. Never saw that movie. Looks funny. Uh, The one where where Paul Giamatti's Santa and uh, Vince Vaughn is his brother. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I've never seen I'm it. I'm thinking of that old YouTube kid, Fred. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, you don't need to. You don't want to. It's a, <laughs> these are dark times. You thought Vietnam was rough? Try being around for that era. <laughs> uh, and then the last commercial was for, for the first time on DVD, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Droopy Dog, and Birdman. And it was like the old cartoons is like 30 episodes on two discs. And I'm like, what audience are we going for here with TMNT that they think they want to watch 1970s cartoons like this? Nobody wanted that. So let's get into them. Them ninja boys, them turtles. Uh, the first notes I have are Lawrence Fishburne exclamation point. He's our narrator who doesn't love him. Who doesn't love him? He plays a very brief moment in this, but he tells the story of um, a new villain who's 3,000 years old named Yaddle. Is that his name? Yaddle? Yaddle. Yes, he's uh, played by Patrick Stewart. Hell yeah. And uh, Rex. His, uh, his friends got turned into stone in exchange for immortality. So then Patrick Stewart's immortal, which is a dream that we all wish we had is an immortal Patrick Stewart. I give my life for that man. Me too. I love that man. And then 13 monsters were released into the world. And uh, then I wrote the CGI is much less impressive in 2023 than it was in 2007. Fact. All right. So facts, this movie CGI is top tier. You could release this movie tomorrow to someone who's never known it existed. And they would believe that this was like cutting edge technology. This shit was awesome. 
I don't know. I feel like I feel the opposite. I just watched it on my brand new TV and I was just like, this is a PS2 game. <laughs> like, okay. just like... Did you learn nothing from the com- from the trail or the uh, the commercials? Did you settle for it on DVD or Blu-ray digital? I should have gotten Blu-ray. I bet you it would be sharp as shit on Blu-ray. I got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I remember being super impressed with it back in the day. I was like, they just did this? Like, how is this possible? And now on DVD watching it, it's, it looks like a PS2 game. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I play a lot of PS2, so that's fine, I guess. It fits. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I wrote, Leo is the ghost of the jungle and straight up kills a warlord. Murders him. R- riddle me this. How are you a better leader if you abandon everybody and hang out in the jungle by yourself? What about that teaches you how to lead? Yeah. What about being on your own teaches you how to lead people? Right, exactly. Like, first I must learn how to catch rabbits and eat them by myself and cry before I can teach people how to be a team. You, you know what? I agree. Mikey should have been the leader. Mikey should have been the leader. Mikey of all of them, the Mikey is the, has the best skills. Um, as we discussed earlier, Donnie is an IT guy. Mikey is a party mascot. And Raph is a superhero called the Night Watcher. Dun, 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 dun. And he's got John Cena's theme song. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, April O'Neil goes to South America to get Leo. And who plays April O'Neil? It's Buffy the fucking Vampire Slayer. Oh God, yes. Who wouldn't want that? I, I heard her voice and I was like, I know who this is. And I Googled it and I was like, I did know who this is. <laughs> so Did you catch yeah. who uh, Casey Jones? That would be Captain America. That's America's hockey mask right there, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty uh I was like this is an all-star cast. Nolan North plays Raph, like great voice talent. All I want now is um someone to mod Uncharted, but it's just Raphael because it's the same voice actor. Like just do that. And John DiMaggio was in this as a walk-on role and so was Kevin Smith. Like this was a non like just the best I don't know why they wouldn't have cast these really famous people in better roles, but the famous voice actors worked. So I said, of course, Kevin Smith made his way in. Of course he did. Why wouldn't he? Like, he's the first choice. He looks like a Ninja Turtle. So, (laughs) (laughs) so it's the frames it up like Patrick Stewart's the bad guy. And he's acquiring all of his old champions at the beginning with the help of April O'Neil, who last I checked, isn't she a, a reporter? Why is she now a museum curator? And a ninja. And a ninja. She gains ninja abilities out of nowhere. <laughs> I low-key kind of fuck with that change a bit. Yeah. Because, like, her being a reporter, all right, it could work in both in both scopes, but at the same time, like, for for this, her being a, a, a docent, to fit the story, I guess it works. I mean, it's kind of the same field of study. In a way, maybe a docent. What does that mean? Is that a, That's a curator, a museum curator? Interesting. I've never heard that word before. Huh. I learned it from American Dad. Oh, perfect. The more you <laughs> learn from cartoons. Is it a real word <laughs> or is it mm-hmm. an American Dad word? OK, <laughs> Um. so, yeah, she's doing that. And of course, Casey Jones, her boyfriend, is just the guy who lugs things around for her. And she meets Patrick Stewart and the place is like a fucking fortress which does not come back into play later, which is frustrating because it would have been a great way to do it is to have it a fortress and have a big fight in a fortress does not go that way. 
No, we go mansion route. So Leo comes home and they all get together and Splinter's like, you can't get in any fights. I know you're all dressed for war and going out in the city for no reason, but don't get in any fights now. And uh, they encounter a big scary monkey man. And the monkey man's fighting all the foot people. And the foot turns out. Yeah, Lady Shredder. Oh, uh, Kyrie. Kari. Kyrie. Karai. Something like that. She's Shredder's daughter, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, do they reveal that in this movie or is that later? At the, no, well, you. what I liked about this is that they kind of like, if you knew, you knew. If not, you found out later, like near the end of the movie, they give the um that little Easter egg about mm. Shredder. Because Leo asks, says something about Shredder being gone. He's like, he's gone, isn't he? And Karai just... Whoosh, ninja smoke bomb. What is it with these ninjas and smoke bombs? It's like it's you're ninjas me. with smoke bombs. What are you talking oh, about? When you were younger, did you not always want one of those? I still want one. I want four of those. One to show my friends and three for emergencies. <laughs> Imagine that. Everyone spawns in on life. And when you hit 18, you get four ninja smoke bombs and you can only use those four. You can't trade. You can't get more. <laughs> no upgrades. <laughs> So let me ask you this. How do you feel about the fact that Shredder is not the villain in this movie? I actually like that. Actually, I made a note about that. I like the Shredder's not in the movie, uh, mostly because so I feel like when you have a comic book based movies and uh, other forms of media outside of the comic book, it's so easy to go at your more primary antagonist like Shredder, Krang, like, I'm glad they didn't use those and they opted into using a more original character because then there's more for me to learn from that new character during the movie. As if, like, if you did Shredder, I'd be able to call a lot of what's going to happen because I'm familiar with the character. But in this new reality for the Turtles and all, I think going an all original route, perfect. Like, I make the complaint all the time that. Yeah, the Joker's cool. He's the Joker, baby. But how many times are you going to use the Joker? Like, and like the same thing with Shredder. Like, I I just, I don't know. I like the fact that they went all original. Like, they did a new timeline for the Turtles. um, Gave them new new things. Like, you know, the Night Watcher character. April being a fucking museum curator. And no Shredder. No regular Shredder enemy. Because then it's just a return to form. Honestly, if Shredder was in this, I would feel like there was supposed to be a movie before this. If that makes sense. If Shredder was in it, like, you feel like there should have been a gap between Shredders is what you're saying? No, I'm saying, like, if they put Shredder in this movie, like Shredder was the main antagonist of the movie, I would feel like it wouldn't fit because it's like, okay, Shredder's the main enemy of this movie, but Leo's gone off to be a better leader. And, like, they already know who Karai is. They already know who the foot soldiers are. It's not, like, the start of their story in this. Like, they've already been the Ninja Turtles for years at this point. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you would have used Shredder, I would have felt like there's a lot of history between them that, like, I don't... You didn't get to see on screen. But I like that it's implied when Karai and Leo see each other at the end of the film and they reference Shredder. Because it shows you, like, you know, this world has already been going on before this movie. Yeah. Yeah, the opening scene, they're like, we defeated Shredder, and then that's really all you hear about him. 
Yep, and I'm and I'm I'm good with that because if they did the we defeated Shredder and then like you know Shredder's the main enemy of the movie fifteen minutes in, it's like okay, but what happened before when you guys defeated him? Like I didn't see any of that. It was just reference, and it would make me feel like I like there was supposed to be a movie before this where I was supposed to see them beat Shredder and then Leo go off to become a fucking I don't know a hermit in the woods and yeah. shit. In a very not a good climate for turtles, also by the way, um, <laughs> but that's just a whole nother thing. But yeah, I think them not using Shredder using the original one, I think it was awesome, especially the fucking little monsters. They're so yeah. fucking cool. The monsters were definitely a highlight. And the of foot the movie. soldiers just getting the shit kicked out of them all the time, all the time. The, that never ends. But like you know, Shredder's not gonna win. You put new bad guys in the mix, you really it adds a little bit of like, ooh, could they? But this is before Infinity War. Bad guys didn't win in mainstream movies. So, yeah. I mean, you still didn't think that it was going to be the case. But, yeah, the the bad guys are kind of cool. And they start by fighting a big monkey man who beats up the foot. They go to fight the big monkey man. And the big monkey man gets captured by uh, bad guys. Um, then I have a gap in my notes here. I'm pretty sure that... Raph is like, no, we're still going to go fight crime. And everyone's I was like, no, don't go fight crime. And uh, Raph and uh, Casey Jones hang out and Raph gets drugged and almost defeated by bad guys. One thing in that gap that's funny as shit is because like uh, during that gap part is uh, during that gap part, like Splinter's telling them too about how like how proud he is of them. And all and about like, you know, very proud of you guys keeping up with my teachings and all. Like, I know this has been a rough part for our family. Like this great, like, wholesome speech flicks on to the news. And multiple <laughs> buildings were destroyed downtown tonight in a vicious attack where this creature. And he literally turns around and yells and starts yelling at them. <laughs> As a good parent would. <laughs> oh, I always love the dynamic between Splinter and, and, and his kids. Like my yeah. sons, I am proud of you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Their dynamic is fun because they're so ridiculous and they get into so many hijinks. And like you can tell he's there for it, but he knows his job is to be like as mild mannered and as even keeled as possible to like balance them out. But they get they're so wild, like all of them just like love pizza and skateboarding and murder. Like, yeah, and mur especially murder, <laughs> violence, high scale <laughs> violence at all times. They didn't pop out of their shells in this one like they do in the live action ones, which is interesting. But, you know, like is the turtles aren't supposed to come out of their shells, really. But the so Raph is like this night guy. He's he wears the armor, watcher. the night watcher. Where do they get their tech from? Like, I get Donnie designs it, but like you need raw materials. Do you have like a zinc mine down there? Like, what is going on? You know what? That's a good question. That's a really like some of Donnie's stuff. I can I can get him kind of because he's kind of scavenges for his his things and like upgrades retro tech to make it work better. Like I, I get that, but like where did Raph? Yeah, you're right. Like where did Raph get the armor? And everyone's pretending like they don't know he's Raph. It's like he's a turtle shaped superhero. Like how do you not? And he oh, disappears yeah, and every night. I love that Michelangelo's like, he's awesome. <laughs> doesn't even know it's fucking Raph. 
Yes, it's very silly. And Casey Jones is, of course, still fighting crime, as Casey Jones does with a stick. And uh, he and Raph team up, and um, Raph saves him from getting like hit by the main bad guys, who are the stone people who came back to life because Patrick Stewart has uh, magic immortal technology and Question brings them back. Yeah. The stone, the stone warriors. Uh, how'd you feel about their designs? They look extremely familiar because I feel like they're in everything. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I was, I was looking at them. I'm like, you look like the, the Kai from fucking Prince of Persia, my guy. Right. <laughs> uh, you look like the Ooga Booga Booga guy from Crash if he had, you know, a body and not just a plank <laughs> of wood. Um, and then the other big guy, I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, you're uh, your default costume number three for every <laughs> MMORPG. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Pretty much. And then fucking the leader of the bad guys is Kratos. The guy who does Kratos's voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. Um, so everybody goes to April's apartment to find Raph all beaten up and they figure out as always, they figure, yeah, really like this is Raph's job is to get his ass kicked and then be like, I'm out of (laughs) here, which he does just well in this movie. So they like, they determine that the bad guy is Patrick Stewart and April draws some wild conclusions. She's like, well, there's this immortal guy, and if he's Patrick Stewart, then he must be on a journey to bring the stone people back to life and then hunt down these these 12 creatures. And I'm like, she becomes the ultimate mangler expert. Yeah, like, really? <laughs> she's She's just knows everything. Like, I'm like, that's that's a stretch. Oh, we're still stretching. Man, this is going thin. So we just had to project the story and get it moving forward, I guess. Um, And then Raph quits. Of course, Raph quits. Why wouldn't he quit? He doesn't want to take orders. No, only happens in everyone. (laughs) Um, So then, long story short, Leo is tasked to go and get him and bring him home. He knows he's the night, the night hunter or whatever. But then when they, the night watcher. But then when they fight, he's like, whoa, you're Raph the whole time. It's like, yeah, that's why you went and fought him. Plot hole in the Ninja Turtles. No. What wouldn't happen and so many real quick there's a lot of callbacks to the original live action film here um for one raf getting captured after the fight with leo yeah. uh same thing with before where he gets into the argument with with leo in the first one and then ends up getting captured uh getting captured by the fucking foot also during their argument that they have when Leo comes back and all, they actually, if I'm not mistaken, they also uh, requote the first movie where he said, he's like, oh, yeah, you're the great leader. And Leo's like, I've never said I was a great leader. Like, if I'm not mistaken, they re-do that. Yeah, a parallel. Also, I love, you mentioned it earlier, but I love the fact that Casey Jones and Raph's whole dynamic is, you know, we go... You know, beat the shit out of some people. Fuck yeah, dude. Give him a hockey mask, <laughs> a baseball bat, the cricket bat. What do you got? Uh, two sides? We're going to stab people tonight, too? Baby, give me the cuisine art blade. I got this. <laughs> yeah, and he has those, those balls on chains that he fucks people up with, like Spider-Man. Yeah, right? 
He's, he's Batman meets Spider-Man meets Ninja Turtles. Like that's the ultimate superhero. <laughs> it's like, nah, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you really, really bad. And then the medical bills are gonna kill you because I doubt you're gonna be able to afford <laughs> to pay for the fucking damage I'm about to cause to you. Yeah. I'm not going to 20... kill you, but you're eating through a tube for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you. You're going to wish I had. <laughs> like, Raph is literally calling ambulance, but not for me. Right. Like, that, that's Raph. I would love, like, I don't know if there is a line of the comics where it's just like him doing that, but I would read those like just that, like none of the other turtles, just that. That would be awesome. Oh, fuck yeah. I'd be surprised if they didn't do that at some point or another. Have you ever seen the, uh, or have you ever read the uh, Batman Ninja Turtles series? I just bought it. I'm pretty excited oh, about fuck it. Yeah, oh my God. Let me know when you're done. It. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Raph and Batman have such a fun dynamic. And I'm like, it's fucking awesome. And also I finally got to realize that all those memes I saw, they're not wrong, but they're heavily edited. Where he's like showing him the grave. I haven't seen these. Showing him the alley. He shows him the alleyway where his parents got killed at trying to teach Raph a lesson. <laughs> like someone edited it's like, cool. <laughs> like, this is it, Raph. This is where my life changed forever. And Joe Chill killed my parents. Totally. Like it's <laughs> fucking it's so much. Oh god. They send you all those memes. You'll wake up tomorrow with just a bunch of edits of that. You're gonna think I it's can... the same picture 50 times. I'm in. I, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, the fight on the rooftop. Fight on the rooftop. Um, actually, so there's a montage of uh Patrick Stewart's people catching all the monsters, but one pretty much. And uh, yeah, we're still a little ways from the fight on the rooftop. We're almost there. Raph uh gets into a fight with a little monster in a diner while Black Betty plays. That's one of my favorite scenes in this movie. That shit was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And like the DVD has that monster as the cover of it. I was hoping that monster would like stick with them and be like a character in the Their series. Boy. Yeah, but no, he just is in that scene. They play Black Betty, and um, that's also the scene Kevin Smith's in. He's the uh, diner cook. Is he okay? That, yeah, that was I'm, his walk on role. I love it. He did great. He's like just. Just leave me alone. And Raph's like, why does everybody think I want to kill him? I, I don't. I'm just a big, scary man in a metal costume. <laughs> why would you think that? <laughs> um. So then uh, Leo goes on a quest to get Raph back. And they get into a crazy fight. Like, it's so good. Like, Leo wins round one, but then Raph wins round two. Yeah, um, and he breaks Leo's sword. Yeah, he's like, I fucked up. I fucked up bad. <laughs> I broke the swords. I fucked up. <laughs> it, it always, it, I, I love it. Again, it reminds me of the first movie where like Raph loses his side during the first fight. And he's like, I lost side, but I can get it back. It's like the most New York shit ever. <laughs> I can get it back. I can do it. <laughs> he's the only one with a New York accent too, which is worth noting. <laughs> Why is he the only one who's actually cricket. from New York? You gotta understand crumpet to get a cricket. I just <laughs> want him to say I'm walking here just one time. I can't believe he didn't say it. He needs like that needs to be a line in every movie that takes place in New York. And the fact that it's not is a travesty and a crime against the world's greatest city. Hey, hey Leo, I'm night watching here. <laughs> Come on. 
So like the fight was crazy. Is there anything other than the swords breaking that's particularly notable though? Like it was very aesthetically pleasing, but it wasn't like they were like smashing each other's heads through buildings or anything. No, but it was a it was neat that Leo kind of knew it was Raph before he took the mask before he knocked the mask off by the way how aggressive he was fighting. And Leo was just countering everything because that one scene right beforehand where like Leo's like, like, cause Leo, like, first of all, Leo's a piece of shit. And let's just start there. Okay. It's a piece Whoa. of shit. You just show up out of nowhere. Okay. To the city that you abandoned. Hey, okay. I get it. It's New York and Spider-Man's there. Fucking daredevil. <laughs> Everyone and their mother's in New York. I don't know how it's such a dangerous city. You have all these superheroes. Anyway, you just show up like, <laughs> Your vigilante days are over because I decided to come back after abandoning the city that I was sworn to protect with my brothers. But I'm back now. So now you're done here. You're and done. I'm the boss. Yeah. like I'm, I'm the boss now. But like that fight between them, Leo definitely knows that it's Raph from the fighting style. And like when he, uh, when he like dips down and like turns up behind him and punches the helmet off of him. Like it's oh my god, he hits him with the sure you can real quick. <laughs> but then he pretends like he didn't know the whole time, but he absolutely knew the whole time. He's a metal turtle. Yeah. <laughs> There's He's four like, of you guys. Could this be rock steady? Like, no, it's not rock steady. <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be rock steady. I don't know how you did it, but you're gonna show me. <laughs> also, at that point in time, I would have been like Man, Raph's done with this Night Watcher stuff. But uh, where'd you get the suit X? We probably all should be wearing them. Yeah, we, it would be good if we were all bulletproof, right? Like, we didn't think about this up until now. It was a good idea, Raph. Fast, fast forward to Donnie's shell being broken with a sledgehammer and and shit. Jesus. Yeah, oh, yeah, that happens in the comic. Uh, Bebop breaks his shell with a sledgehammer or something like that. And uh, Donnie becomes like almost like part cyborg and all because of it. Ninja Turtles is dark, y'all. Very dark. Fun fact. First uh, Ninja Turtles comic, they kill Shredder. In the very first one. If I'm not mistaken, the first one or the fifth one, they kill Shredder. And then it's revealed that the thing that is Shredder going forward isn't actually Shredder. It's a parasite from Dimension X, if I'm not mistaken, that takes over Shredder's body. Ninja Turtles is wild, y'all. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta. I mean, I haven't read it in years. That's old logic right there. But it, Ninja Turtles is wild. It's dark. The motherfuckers being killed, and everyone there is walking <laughs> there. <laughs> listen, even if you lose a side, the biggest message you get from this movie is, "I can get it back." <laughs> I did uh, the first one with Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds on here, and he's like, "Legend, it's it's amazing, and it's so believable." I'm like. Bro, it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is not believable. What are you talking about? But they definitely put some like high concept psychological shit in this children's program. They really do. Um, also, fun, just a little fun tidbit here since I'm talking about turtles. Uh, in the TMNT cartoon, um, the actually the cartoon that was rolling right around the time this was. Uh, they did a crossover episode where they met up with the original Turtles from the 80s, I believe it was, really? 80s or 90s. They did a crossover with them with the original TV series. 
and um, they pulled out their weapons, and they were like, "Oh, cool, you guys got weapons too." It's like he's like, "Yeah, but we don't use them to like actually hit them. We just kind of hit the environment around them." <laughs> You know, like Michelangelo, like using the nunchucks to take down a light bulb that landed on someone. Like Leo used his sword to like break open a fire hydrant. And it was just cool shit like that. Yeah, because they uh, Josh was telling me that in the second movie, there were like all these parent groups that were like, they shouldn't have weapons if this is for kids. So they didn't take their weapons out at all in the second one. Like they just kept him holstered the whole time, and then they got Kevin Nash to play the Super Shredder. They were like, "All right, well, if, you get, <laughs> if that's going to be the case, we're going to put in the uh, the Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go," which greatest bam, song the, ever. The giant mug that I'm fucking drinking. It's funny too because when you <laughs> sent me that as the the Zencaster, like I'm like, "Oh, I have a mug for that giant <laughs> fucking three beer goblet." What am I like third one by the way? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on Lion's Head number four right now. Gotta I love, love that you drink Lion's, Lion's Head. Head. You have no idea. It's such a, God. It's such a classic. It is. It's a Philly classic, bro. I'm surprised you aren't on Team Lion's Head. Oh, I am on Team Lion's Head. Oh, I am. A case, what? A whole case of them for like 13 bucks? And they're glass bottles? Get out of here. Yeah, with little puzzles on the top of them. Yeah, what could be better? <laughs> Oh man! Worst beer ever. If you don't drink beer, Lion's Head's the worst beer ever, and we love it, us Pennsylvanians. Everything tastes better in a glass. That's true. That's true. Even though it tastes like sawdust in general. Uh, <laughs> um. So Patrick Stewart has all of the monsters except one, and he has Leo. Then he, they catch Leo after Leo gets the shit kicked out of him. And to uh, be fair, by the way, he looks ahead. like a monster. So he, he does look like a monster. But, uh, yeah, so we didn't really talk about it. I'm on Team Leo. Like, I am the guy who I'm not as much into Wolverine. I like Cyclops, and I like Leo. They're they're my boys, and everyone always talks shit, and the other ones always get more screen time, and I don't understand why, because Cyclops is fucking awesome, and Leo is fucking awesome. Okay. I'm actually Team Michelangelo, my favorite turtle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and great. can I give you a f- very quick fun fact regarding them? So, by all means, not a problem. So, Leonardo's the leader, the most level-headed of them. Splinter gives him swords as weapons. The the one turtle in the group with the weapons that are meant to kill. Totally, Raphael lethal. is given size which are generally a weapon to disarm and not kill where Raphael is more. So the hot tempered one more likely to kill Leo has the swords, which are meant to kill, but shows restraint by not using them. Michelangelo is silly and doesn't take things seriously. He's given nunchucks, which were never actually meant to be a weapon or, and or more of a hindrance to use than an actual in com- in combat. Michelangelo has the hardest weapon to master, being the nunchucks, and uses them incredibly. Donatello focuses mainly on technology, so his weapon that he's given is a wooden stick. The most primitive item that you can possibly get is his weapon. Very interesting. Putting all the personalities to the weapons interesting 
what they're meant to what the weapons meant to do is a reflection of what splinter wants them to under wants them to not be leo's it's not a killer so he's given the killer's weapon wrath is a killer so he's given a weapon meant to disarm rather than harm donnie is so involved in his technology he's given a primitive weapon and michelangelo it's silly but given the most hardest weapon of the three to master because bruce yeah, lee but... even says it nunchucks are not really meant to be a weapon like it's it's they're not they're more so for mastery of hand ex- hand-eye dexterity than it is for an actual like plausible weapon he also said this and then played ping pong against a ping pong champion using nunchucks but anyway and one yeah, yeah and one <laughs> yeah so yeah, sidebar. Uh, you ever watch the show Barry? Yes. I oh, I just started that. That's a good show. There's a guy who fights somebody with nunchucks, and like once the person's on the ground, all you do is just swing them down on the person and just continuously hit them with it. Like there's no skill involved once someone goes down from nunchucks. <laughs> no, and the thing with nunchucks too are the minute they make contact, they lose momentum. So it makes it hard to use them as an actual weapon. Like they involve creativity to actually use them as a weapon because of that. They're a momentum based item, but the minute it hits, you break momentum. It's not like a sword where momentum plus a sword equals you're slicing through someone and you can keep going. Yeah. And you keep like the, you really have to start over with nunchucks. I guess that's why he ends up being the last Ronin because he's honestly the most skilled of all of them because of his hand-eye dexterity. Oh, the last Ronin's so goddamn good. I haven't read it yet. I, it's on my list. Tar- so. oh, Target, hardback copy of it. It's like 22 bucks. Hardback collection of it. Beautiful cover. Great art. Little special pages in the front and back. Great pickup. I own all four or all five of the four or five, whatever. I have the whole run. Uh, the nice. first prints for it. And uh, I still bought the hardback one for it because I was like, I this looks too cool. I fucking need this. Hell yeah, yeah. I haven't read I haven't read any of the Ninja Turtle stuff, but it's it's on my list because I know that they put some high concept shit in it and they put a lot of thought into this extremely silly property (laughs) and they made it good. That's really what it takes. It doesn't matter how silly your property is to make it good. All it takes is energy and thought. And uh, for something called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it they they made a point to make it good, and not every property has that. No, so uh, yeah, Netflix show called The Toys That Made Us. There's a Ninja Turtles episode on there with Kevin Eastman, and I forget the other guy's name. Um, but they explain about how it took the world by storm and all how it was never seen as something that would be successful, but. It turned out to be incredible. It's what launched the idea of, well, if this is a toy, it could be a show. Right. Like, all right, cool, but we want to make comics too, man. (laughs) Yeah, I still have a stack of them from like that were out before I was born. Like I have a bunch of them from like 1989 and stuff that my brother handed down to me. And it's like when you see those action figures, like, you know exactly what it is. And everybody had them. And 
they don't depreciate in value, even though they've been opened and played with. Like everybody yeah. knows Ninja Turtles action figures. So yeah, we could go on an action figure talk for a while. I'm into those. Those are fun. I don't collect them anymore, but I used to. Oh, I do. I have. I, I know you my do. New apartment. Yeah. Miles knows I have, I had the hardest thing ever right now is that I have two big ass bins of action figures still completely fucking shelled still in original cards that I hung up my old podcast studio and I don't know what to do with them yet. And I'm just waiting to figure it out because I, I have wall space Ninja Turtle ones. Oh, I got a lot of wall space. I I'm three weeks into this apartment. I haven't <laughs> littered the walls just yet. Yeah. Your walls are just, it's going to look like a junk shop in there. There's going to be so much cool shit oh, just hanging on walls God. and stuff. I'm excited I, for you. Yeah. I can't wait. Next time you record with me, it's like, where are you at? I, I'm, I'm back here behind Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, no, you're looking at the Star Wars toys over here. <laughs> I just got the last piece that it's going to take to bring my whole studio together. It's going to be totally different when you see me next. It's going to be awesome. I got black lights and shit. It's going to be fucking awesome. Oh my God, it's going to be a Jackson Pollock painting. I'm ready for it. Yeah, brother. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Um, Leo's been captured. The good guys are like, let's go get him. And they go to Patrick Stewart's house where there's an entire army of the Foot Clan that the six of them take on hand to hand and beat That's their ass. such asses. a cool fucking scene, though. And Casey Jones get that gold fucking hockey mask. Yeah, they fuck oh, people up. It's so metal. I need that. I need to hang that on my wall with my other masks. And April is doing kung fu against the leader of the Foot Clan and holding her own. And it's like, how, though? Like, what is the training? Yeah, they both were swords and like any accidental slip would have been a decapitation and they were just perfectly matching each other. It's like, mm, okay. I'm tired of being a curator. I'm about to curate your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's she's a bad bitch in this movie. Just give me the April O'Neil fucking spinoff series from this universe. I mean, that would be cool watching her like kick people in the head and shit. That'd be awesome. Um so then the bad guys, the stone people betray Patrick Stewart because they knew that Leo wasn't one of the final monsters after all. So all everyone but the turtles and Splinter go to find the last monster and the turtles throw down with these stone stone titans. So that's why I wrote was turtles versus titans. And that's that was a fun scene. Raph was getting some quippy shit off like it was, it was a good time. Oh, I loved it. And Kratos was like, you guys should join us. And they're like, fuck you. <laughs> so they beat their asses. Then I wrote, yay, they got the final monster, which was this big thing chasing them through the, the turtle mobile or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. And uh, they beat the bad guys. And Patrick Stewart turns into golden dust. And he's so happy. So a few things about Patrick Stewart's character as well. So during the events of the movie as well, he was looking to he's immortal and his whole life was actually spent trying to free his brothers from there because he they were trying to all be immortal he got the immortality they got turned to stone he realized the curse of, of immortality and then realized like his brothers are encased in stone immortally and like because at one point they turn against Patrick Stewart's character because they're like, well, no, yeah, we want to be fucking immortal. Like, why would we want to die? But Patrick Stewart's already lived through that hell of being immortal. 
It's yeah, awesome. he's three thousand years old. That's like Egyptian times. Like that's mm-hmm. so long ago, and he's just been in it to win it this whole time, amassed incredible wealth. Probably speaks every language. Like he's just he's done it all. He's seen it all, and his whole mission from pretty much the point of being an immortal is I need to save my friends. Well, we know he stopped around the seventies and had some fun for a little bit. He had oh, time. for sure. He, he took had a recess time. in the seventies to the eighties. Dude. Yeah. He, he probably slept with like thousands of women in that time. He, he got to have his fun, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's been around. He, he ain't that Patrick Stewart was around the block. <laughs> he spin the block a few times there. He's like 84 and he's got like a 29 year old girlfriend in real life. Like he, he's got to go. He's fine. <laughs> Legend has but, uh, it he based this character off of his actual life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Stewart's the fucking best. So, but they do put in like that. The people who are trapped in stone, they're still like, they're right where they left off while he's experienced all of reality, essentially up to that point. Like we think about our great grandparents and how they like they were around before phones were. And this guy's over here just like, I remember the wheel. Man, that was an invention, <laughs> huh? <laughs> so yeah, he's uh he You remember when he, John made fire? It was yeah, wild right. times, man. It's wild times. That young man Christ, that little guy. <laughs> Who would have knew he was gonna blow up like that, man? Yeah. <laughs> he turned out to be very popular. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's got the greatest merchandise deal ever. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I, I don't know if you're Christian, but these are great jokes if you're not. Uh, yeah, I, just, I, just, I just love it. I uh, forget the one comedian. I had on Burris was like, I feel like what really happened was Christ owed somebody some money and he got shanked <laughs> up a bit, but it's a lot easier to sell merch of dude being hung up on a cross. <laughs> That's fucked up. (laughs) So Patrick Stewart finally realizes the goal of no longer being immortal by denying his friends immortality. And he drops his helmet and uh, the movie ends with a wall of silly hats is what I wrote because it's like the helmets of everyone who was important ended up on this wall, including the night watcher and the yeah. silly mascot hat from Mikey. They put them all on this this wall of silly hats. And uh, it's pretty much the end of the movie. They do backflips and that's the end. Gotta have a turtle backflip. You have to. Yeah, that's the most important aspect of Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers is they need to do backflips as and you often have to, as possible. And you have to be only a part of primary colors. Did that help you determine what your favorite color was as a kid? Yes, yes it did. Which was more influential, Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles? Power Rangers. Me too. Me too. Was your first favorite color red? No, no, no. My first favorite color was black. Oh, interesting. Going for the Black Ranger. Black Ranger. He had the goddamn axe. Are you? Oh, my God. There was Uh, a brief period of time where I was like, pink's my favorite because, I mean, look at Kimberly, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) What a babe. Rest in power. (laughs) Yeah, she. she, she was formative. She was formative. Oh, fun fact about Power Rangers, oddly enough. Um, in Japan, when they're at the Sentai, Super Sentai, she's actually the only female on the team. The Yellow Ranger's actually a dude, uh, which is why the Pink Ranger has a skirt 
a part of but the Yellow Ranger does the Yellow Ranger does not because it's actually a dude. The Yellow Ranger is my favorite fart gif. My favorite fart gif. <laughs> where she like strikes a pose and there's an explosion behind her. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> that's, that's the greatest Power Rangers anything ever. So on the note of Power Rangers, I've seen the episode where they cross over and all that, but like Power Rangers do not appeal to me in my adulthood. Ninja Turtles is not that terribly far off. I feel like I'm getting more into them now that I'm in my 30s. My 20s, it was like no Ninja Turtles except for this movie. Uh, Kids programs are a super hard sell for me. I can't just say good things about this movie. It was a cartoon. I'm not super into animation. The animation on a modern TV through DVD was not great. Like action packed, sure. Dialogue written for children. There's there's definitely some stuff for this movie that just didn't quite do it for me. Do you have any complaints about this movie? No. No, None. I actually do. <laughs> I fucking this movie fucks to an incredible degree. I love this movie. Cause like don't get me wrong, I get what you mean though. Subjectively, I completely understand. Because yes, if it's something that like if you're the type of person where like this kind of stuff doesn't stick with you throughout the years. Because you had a lull period where, like, it just left you and it never came back. 100% get it. You could appreciate the movie for what it is. But at the same time, you wouldn't put it on, like, oh, man, I got to watch that fucking TMNT film. Like, right. that animated movie from 2007. No, 100% get that. Me, I'm someone locked into, like, the remnants of my childhood. This movie phenomenal i watch this movie way more than what's probably appropriate um <laughs> love i love this fucking movie the video game's incredible and god damn i gotta stop buying shit while i'm recording because now all i want to do is find it and order it and i've been a good boy so far and i haven't but by the end of the day best <laughs> believe i'm gonna have that fucking game um i'm gonna definitely have that goddamn game but no, I um actually you know no I will say there are a few complaints I do have with the movie, um. For one, you introduced the char- characters that were very cool but very movie centric. I also kind of do have a complaint at the fact that it's another one of those things where they leave off at the ending where you want more. The movie does take a bit to get going. It's more turtle lore than actual plot development. Um, and then when they get to the midpoint of the movie, probably around the 35, 40 minute mark, they have that whole montage of like all the monsters. When I first saw this movie and every time I watch it here on out, it gets to that point And I'm just like, wow, that guy looked so cool. And we didn't even get to fucking see anything like, yeah, it's like a five soldiers. second scene. Right. And then like, you you know, you got the, the stone soldiers that you're you're hyping up. They're not the movie. They're the new big bads. And the times where you would really get to see them shine are limited to the small 10 second segment pieces of them collecting the other monsters. And then they save their big moments to shine for the last fight, which is really an accumulative amount of like five to six minutes where they're fighting with the turtles and you're flashing to each one. I would have liked to it for it to have been more of a, this movie would have worked better as a show. Loved the movie. Would have worked better as a show. Give it a tight 12. 
series where it's a monster of the week sort of deal. First three episodes introduces what the story will be. The next six will be, yeah, the next six will be each one of the monsters, them fighting them. You get to see the characters, you get development, you get turtle plot. The final three would be the climax of it, and it would have been golden. Because at that point, like, they made me kind of, this movie kind of made me want to root for the Stone Warriors, especially when you realize that Patrick Stewart's character is really trying to save them from a curse, a curse that they thought was a blessing that he's already experienced. And immortality in fiction is to me is always one of those things where like you could have lived uh, like right now, a genie could fucking pop up on Zencast and be like, hey, yo, what up? <laughs> and be like, yeah, fun fact, Miles has been alive since like 13 A.D. He was alive since year one. And uh, yeah, it's a terrible time, man. And like, you could tell me it's a terrible time. Don't do it for all the very legitimate reasons. Like I'm still going to feel some type of way about wanting to experience that for myself. And I think the movie did a good job of that. But the problem is that you weren't invested enough in the characters, the generals at the point. To like get that like I don't know I kind of like now to think about it critically I kind of wanted more of it would have worked better as a series um the movie itself is a lot of fun but there are parts that's rush and the pacing is a little bit off because you have three different storylines going you have the Leo coming back and trying to come back into the fold of the family the night watcher which is Raph trying to be on his own outside the family and then in the background you have you know the actual global threat going on which is the fucking general storyline which in itself is two storylines him trying to save them and them wanting thinking they're getting immortality and somehow they squeeze in there too the love story between april and casey is just like a little you know little what? That's number one right there it wasn't even squeeze in everything else is squeezed <laughs> in <the> april casey <laughs> joke yeah, and isn't this the movie that then Nickelodeon bought the rights because they were like, that movie's the shit, and yep. then they made a series out of this. So, uh, fun fact. Fun fact. <clears throat> I've heard in my notes during this that it needs a sequel. No, it doesn't need a sequel. It needed two sequels. This movie was meant to be part one of a trilogy of movies actually did fairly good in the box office was reviewed pretty decently at its time where cgi films in theaters weren't really a big thing unless you were looney tunes back in action miles do an episode on looney tunes back in action (laughs) um i'm on that and uh yeah it was supposed to be part of a trilogy um but unfortunately the studio who headed it went bankrupt so they did not were not able to do it i personally think if they would have did a trilogy of it this would have been a great start to a pre-existing universe of movies where it didn't hold your hand throughout and that's what i will appreciate being a, a turtles fan is that it didn't hold your hand like hey leonardo brother of mayan fellow ninja turtle son of splitter <laughs> who fought uh fucking yamato yoshi back in the day who was my father or something breaker like breaker of chains mother of dragons right and like <laughs> This is Jon Snow. Exactly. Exactly. Because this movie was just like, they're turtles. They fight people. Get at it, boys. 
Yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> like, and then that was that was a wrap. But like, if it would have had another, I personally think if it would have had two more movies, this would be a solid trilogy. We'd still be talking about, and mostly because I still talk about this movie a lot, and I just want more people <laughs> to talk about this movie a lot. Yeah, I sent you the list, and you're like TMNT done. Like you were immediately like, like that's the one that's, right there. That's, it. that's the guy. <laughs> that's the boy. <laughs> yeah, like the. I feel like they maintained like the structure of like not only the animation, but the character development, the trajectory continued at the time. I had very young nieces who all they wanted was Ninja Turtles when this series came right. out. So I saw a little bit about it and the, they definitely like they didn't forget this movie happened when they continued their series forward. It picked up right. where this left off, but we didn't get the investment in the the antagonists that like game of thrones so to speak gives you which is a very weird comparison but like nobody is all good or all bad and i feel like this movie like they sprinkled that that's true but they didn't have enough time to really flesh out the fact that not everybody is all good or all bad but we also didn't get that monster of the week feeling that we all wanted from this movie too. Oh I love monster of the week is one of my favorite formats for any type of IP monster of the week is great. Gives you opportunity to flesh out characters while also continuing forward because like we could have found out. So if they did monster of the week for this in a series format, we could have found out exactly why Leo left while they're doing the third monster. Right, like, like we could have had some time without Leo. Like they made it seem like there was going to be a period of time when April came home that Leo wasn't around and actual events happened, but they didn't have any of that. No, no. Just, so they, they might as well have had him like ride together on a bus home or something, you know, instead <laughs> of that cool scene where he jumps out of an airplane for no reason. I forgot about this scene. First of all, <laughs> oh my God, I was choked to my beer there. Yeah, I see you losing it. <laughs> First of all, Leo just was like, parachute? No, X Games, yes. Let's do this. Uh, oh my god. Also, favorite scene in this movie has nothing to do with anything in the movie. It is all about Michelangelo parking the party bus up, grabbing his board, and just absolutely fucking shredding. The whole his, point of that was oh, to sell those action figures, bro. That was the whole point. <laughs> listen, in that bin in the other room, mission fucking complete. <laughs> I, oh my god, dude! I, I love, I love this movie so much. You know what it is too? I think my part of what made me like still to this day have more of an uh, uh, an appreciation for this movie because I I do love the turtles. I don't get big into the comics. There's parts of the Turtles history that sticks with me. The original cartoon, because I'm a huge fan of Hanna-Barbera era cartoons, and this was slightly-ish around that time. Um, Huge fan of those, so that sticks with me. And then moving forward from there, though, the one that was on Fox Kids, on the Fox box, that version of it, which has some stellar video games as well on GameCube, um, that era of ninja turtles it's around the time that this one came out so i always closely relate the two mm-hmm. um even though it's really not that close it's like 17 years between them but yes yeah yeah but like i always relate those two because they both had a much darker tone like in that 
series, uh, there's a scene where Leonardo faces off with Shredder and cuts his head off. And then they do a comic reveal that it was never Shredder. It was always a parasite. Right. But still, you see him cut Shredder's head off in a duel. And then, like, in this movie, it's kind of kind of fucking dark. I mean, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Mercenary shit right there. Like, abandonment issues. Wrath has them. And the cartoon that went from 88 to 91, if I'm not mistaken, that one is very, like, la-di-da, we're fun, we're having the brightly colored Ninja Turtles, they fight the ninja, they fight the foot, but nobody really gets hurt, we'll take them to jail, they get out, oh darn, let's take them back to jail. But and in they're the 90s, robots, so you were never hurting an actual person. That's right, and they had the little egg guys, yeah, but the, the 90s one... They that one was very short lived. It was like ninety five to ninety six. It was not long at all. Um, and yeah, no, was that not. was when street level superheroes were like the main shtick. So like Daredevil had his heyday and Spider Man and Great series. Great series. Venom and all that. Like the the Fantastic Four came out around the same time, but it wasn't nearly as popular. And the the Silver Surfer. While I liked the Silver Surfer quite a bit, I thought the Silver yeah. Surfer cartoon was awesome. It was awesome, but it wasn't at the the like the peak of popularity. What people wanted to see was X Men, the street level superhero, and that was like TMNT yeah, jumped right in there. Yeah, babies. <laughs> Wolverine walking around smoking cigars and kicking people in the ass, taking down Sentinels. But uh, the Ninja Turtles really jumped in right there at the height of that. And that, that's what they are, if anything, street-level superheroes. So then they were able to, like, kind of flesh out the, okay, so this is, like, serious story, though. This isn't, like, your 80s Ninja Turtles. This is something better. We got darker turtles. We got darker storylines. And there's they were, were willing to cut people's heads off because they're robots. <laughs> like, they had to cross a line somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the that series definitely is more true to this show. Like you were saying, like it, yeah. it's closer related to this movie slash show than any of the Ninja Turtles stuff before that. So I'm clearly a fan of Ninja Turtles. I do enjoy Ninja Turtles very much. I was, it was hardcore into the action figures and all that. And I bought the box set. So that should say something about me too. But at the same time, kids programs are a hard fucking sell for me. I am not super into kids programming at all. I'm not into animation very much at all. But all that said, from my perspective, I think I know where you're going with it. Would you keep it or would you dump it? I would not only keep it, I'd buy the steelbook copy. (laughs) Of course you would. Of course you would. So here's my thing. If it wasn't in a box set, I would probably dump it, but I would never break up a box set. That's absurd. So I will, in fact, be keeping TMNT 2007. And uh, it was a good time. Like, I enjoyed watching it. Am I going to watch it again anytime soon? No, but I enjoyed watching it. It was fun. Like, it's this cool little action flick. Well, I was going to let you know, too, man, because if, honestly, if you were going to say you were going to dump it, like, the next intro to your episode would have been like, hey, what's up, guys? It's Red Fox, and we've uh, taken over the <laughs> Distump podcast. Welcome to our show. <laughs> Miles review, is no longer with us. We review all the ones that Miles dumped, and uh, if he liked it, or if I agree, he can come back. If not... <laughs> Miles is a skeleton in my basement, like in Disturbia right now. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Miles. Like uh, anyway, yeah. 
No. <laughs> Just become miles on everything. Oh, oh my goodness. But this so, is a lot of fun though. It it has. I haven't actually watched this film as much as I do enjoy it and love it. Um this fun fact also it just one last thing here. Um what you mentioned about hard getting into kids programming. I'm such a um Saturday morning cartoon esque person. Like Saturday mornings, I wake up fresh from my uh Friday binge of hangovers. <laughs> and I sit there, I eat breakfast, I watch about a good two and a half hours of cartoons, um, different series every week I'd like to do. And uh, like I watch Gargoyles, Spider-Man, the animated series, like oh, so uh, good. right Gargoyles. now I'm on Jackie Chan Adventures and um, which we have an episode coming out for that Night Living podcast and whatnot. Cheap plug. Um, but like I every Saturday morning I wake up, I watch uh, cartoons and whatnot, but it also comes from a, a point of like I've raised two uh i've raised my two of my nephews so when they got into these kind of things i was like oh oh you like the nickelodeon ninja turtles well boy do i got a movie for you <laughs> like yeah you like leo let me tell you about the story about how he abandoned his family <laughs> push raft to the edge become the night watcher <laughs> and my nephew's like uncle please stop i'm like no you're going to watch this and you're going to like it. And if you There's dump this sweating disc, and crying, <laughs> yeah, and if you dump this disc, I'm sending you in the closet with miles. <laughs> no, but no, like, oh, that, 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 that came too, out wrong. Like, no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> we can cut that part right, right there. We can cut that. Like, in, we but... Like, but you get the point I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like I have my nephews who get into these things later. And so, because I'm such a big, like fan of these older uh, cartoons and all and a big Saturday morning cartoonist. Um, it's fun for me when they get into like TMNT shit like that. And like, they got into Nickelodeon one and I showed them this movie. They loved it. Uh, then I tried to push the boundaries a bit and I showed them the original Ninja Turtles. And the first thing my nephew said was, why doesn't he just stab him? And I was like, you're missing the point. He doesn't need to stab him. It's a perfectly <laughs> good fire hydrant right there. Right? Like, they threw him through the floor into the floor below. What more do you want? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ. He, he knocked over a light pole 20 feet away from that foot soldier. Okay? He ran away. He submitted. Meanwhile, my fucking nephew's like, you know, he could just quick scope him in the back. And I'm like, I'm disabling YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> spin the nunchucks and throw them and it takes care of all the problems all you need right <laughs> there man but yeah i um yeah i, I love uh, i do i love this movie right on well we're not gonna dump it folks that's the answer to tmnt 2007 Alrighty, audience if you want to get a hold of me you can email me disc dump pod at gmail.com that's d-i-s-c-d-u-m-p pod at gmail.com don't forget the little pp in there it's important that's why i set it up that way just so i could make that joke every episode also if you want to find me on the social medias if you type in the disc dump with a c you will find me i think on twitter i'm the disc dump because some fool already took disc dump uh discdump.com is a whole thing it's you just find an rss feed there but you know you can get your episodes there if you haven't if you don't don't like whatever you're on stitcher stitcher sucks go to the distump.com so yeah check all that out you can see all of my like posts from my little games if i have more than one 
person on. We play like best wishes or terrible drink. We do all kinds of stuff. There's going to be new stuff coming in 2023. I have to think of what it is, but it'll be here. So yeah, check all that good stuff out. Red Fox, my man. How about some plugs and what would you like to recommend to the audience? I am your boy, Red Fox, host and owner of the Night of Living Podcast Network. You can catch us on Twitter at Night of the LP, Night is in K, uh, where we talk everything pop culture, different band of bullshit every week. It's a lot of fun, revolving door of guests. Uh, feel free to hit us up. Join the show. Join the madness. Uh, we also have our new series, Player Select Rolling, available now on its own feed on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. That's Player Select where we review video games that we've been playing and we have a great time doing it and if you're into the more of the uh you know little spookiness you can catch us talking all that spooky shit at super slash bros on twitter the super slash bros podcast it's the equivalent of drinking a case of beer freddy krueger we talk all (laughs) that spooky shit miles recommendations can i hit them with anyone you can literally go from media to hug a friend, whatever you want. We're not hugging friends. Instead, I want you all to watch Inuyasha Movie 3, Swords of an Honorable Ruler. If you've ever thought about watching an Inuyasha uh, series, film, any of that, or you were ever interested in the character, because he is a character that everyone's interested in, but very few have fleeting memories of him from your childhood, and that fucking ending theme blaring through your goddamn speakers at 2 a.m. at ridiculous volumes. Inuyasha, <laughs> movie three, Swords of an Honorable Ruler. You do not need to know anything about the character. They completely introduce everyone as well as their respective relationships to other characters. It is the shit. Go watch it. I love that movie. And also, if I can make one more, breaking the rules sure. here, watch Fury. With Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, Michael Penna, the kid from Perks of Being a Wallflower, and the guy who played Shane from The Walking Dead, whose name will come to me at some point in time. Great, great <laughs> war film. Uh, absolutely beautiful film. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, it's so, so good. So grounded. Knows its pacing. And it's honestly, to me, one of the only movies that I've given a five-star rating to on my letterbox outside of Van Helsing. That's right, baby. Van Helsing, five-star movie right there. I'm watching that tonight. Holy shit. That's the next episode of the disc dump is going to be Van Helsing. That's so crazy that you said that. Oh, my God. It's so (laughs) fucking good. I watched Lead of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I was like... Why do I feel like I just I watched watch... that too? Oh, oh my, my god. god. I was like, why do I feel like I have to watch Van Helsing now? Because I yeah. do. Those two movies go fucking hand in hand. Both yeah, absolute bangers. Miles, thank you so much for having me on. It's been great to be fucking reunited on the uh Dis Dump podcast. We didn't dump it today. We didn't but we dump did it talk today. Some shit. We did. We might uh, We might end up talking about one of those other things you just talked about. Oh, you let me know. I, oh, my God. I love those. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And audience, thanks for listening. Toodaloo. Toodaloo-doodaloo.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Disc Dump Podcast. I want to thank the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity. You can find it on YouTube or wherever you get your music. I really appreciate it.